look, Ron DeSantis again. <sighs> Every day. I got nothing. I just send back a new shitty message to him and Bro. they they haven't I, I I don't think they get my messages. It's so sad. It's so annoying. Like I'd be Yesterday so it was like freedom isn't given, it's earned. That's exactly what Ron DeSantis is fighting for. American freedom. And I said Ron really? Shitstein won't have freedom for long. Oh my god, I fucking hate him so much. <laughs> And that's the, that, that's the kind of shit I send back to them. Uh, anyways, yeah. Happy, happy, whatever the fuck day of the week this is. Thursday. Happy, happy Thursday. I officially have a week left before I have to go back to school. So Japan was amazing. And then I came back to lots of work to do. So here we are. Yeah. It has two weeks, but I go back next week. Yeah. I am hoping to blow my July reading numbers out of the water because God, it was. Oh, you've been so working depressing. hard on it. Yeah, it was. So oh, see, depressing. my August numbers bad. aren't even close to my July because July is always a big month for me. June was my biggest month for reading. July has been my lowest month for reading. I am halfway through August, and I already am like six books away from being equal to July. So. Wow. So you're way ahead of me then. On that note, I'm going to be completely honest right now. This week, we read Sincerely Up Yours by Penelope Bloom. And I don't think that I have read a book by this author before. I don't know if I've been living under a rock and didn't know she existed, but I know now. And I've already put like three more of her books <laughs> on my you? TV. Oh my gosh. Yep. And I just want to be completely upfront about this because after I read this book, I went to do my rating on Goodreads mm-hmm. and saw how tanked the rating on this book was on Goodreads. I saw, which is why. And I was like, I don't understand this. And so I started reading through the reviews. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm just broken or what, because this book was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the first 75% of it with no goddamn issues. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the whole book was great. Don't get me wrong. And it seems split down the middle on reviews. Either people felt like I did or the other side of the fence was, there's nothing funny about this book. I don't know why people say this book is funny. I laughed so hard. I laughed out loud so many times. So many times did I laugh out loud throughout this book. Probably at least half of it was the deranged best friend. Elizabeth? Yes. But I'm just saying. No, I don't. I I don't know what's wrong with these people. Or maybe I was just in the right mindset and needed this kind of book. Um, That's why I even said to you, I'm like, I don't know if I'm just enjoying this more than I should. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. So I'm going to be straight up. So what's funny is, is I was actually having a conversation with Spencer and I wasn't going to tell you this part because I was like, Ariel, whatever. I had told you before that I apparently read this book. Yeah. I honestly, even while reading it, there were a couple, mostly nothing, but I did remember bits and pieces. I was going to say, I'm not going to forget. If I read this, I don't think I could forget some of this so i think it's just because i had it marked down that i read it in january that's seven months ago (laughs) it's a long time ago there were bits and pieces i'm like oh 
Oh my God. I, first of all, I did remember how unhinged the best friend was. That never leaves your brain. And there were bits and pieces of the like underlying story, which we'll get to, that I do actually remember. Okay, I'm so like, it, oh, it did jog okay. you a little bit? A little bit, but it was still far enough removed from my brain that I was like, I was fucking enjoying the goddamn ride. I was having a great time. I was like, this is great. Yeah. Do you want to know when I read it? This morning. Of course you did. No, I had the concert last night and I had full intentions on reading it when I got back home from the concert. But the problem is I drank a lot. I've been hungover <laughs> all morning. All right. I don't mean to get ahead go. of ourselves. But when, when the deranged friend of this book calls semen gentleman's relish, how do you not have a winner on your hands? I'm just saying. I Maybe you should read this book. By the way. I I, I'm just saying. Okay, so yes, the book. Is- I don't say that t- about a lot. I'm just saying. No, the book is called "Sincerely Up Yours" by Penelope Bloom. It's a rom com and workplace. It's got a bunch of cool stuff to it. Uh, main character. I also want to preface. Are- yes, I also want to preface that this is a rom com. I would not call this a spicy rom com. So if this is you're going into this wanting a spicy book that should not be the intention so oh and it's um, i think that it was more focused on the rom-com than the spice there this, was this is a spice- more comedic yes there was only three mediocre scenes in the book and they were not great but the comedy made up for that to me but for you know a, a, a couple people who tend to enjoy the spicier side of books i just wanted to preface if that's your jam and you go into books wanting that don't go into this book mm-hmm. wanting that. Yeah. This is when you need that palate cleanser, when you need that comedic in between. That was, it was perfect for that for me. Oh, absolutely. It was fabulous. So we want to get so, into yes. it. Sorry. Like you said, this book features Darcy and Dominic and it's a workplace rom-com. It opens up at a coffee shop, which we all know Crystal loves a coffee shop opening. Yes, I do. Darcy is waiting in line. She is ready to have the best day because she's going to go pitch a writing piece. She works at a magazine. She's going to pitch to her boss. Can I be honest? I totally thought that it was a newspaper and not a magazine. Yeah, that's kind of how it seemed at the beginning, but they kept throwing in the word magazine. That's the only reason. She's going to go pitch a, a monthly article to her boss because she has kind of been given carte blanche to pitch whatever she wants and almost has been made aware that whatever she pitches she's going to get because of something that she has done to earn this mm-hmm. and so she is riding on a high she's like this nothing's gonna ruin my mood fabulous fabulous some dickwad cuts her in line she's like nothing's gonna ruin this it's all good and then said Dick Watt is an even bigger douche nozzle to the barista. And I'm just going to flat out say that when a book can bring you the term douche nozzle in the first chapter, you know that it's going to be a ride. I just, she kind of comes out of her zen a little and claps on his shoulder and she's fired up. She's going to give him the what for because 
he's now talking down somebody else and she's not going to let that slide until he turns around and he's clearly a gift Hot from above fuck. and she is lost for words and he's like basically like what the fuck are you bothering me for i'm gonna say like, my favorite lies i just about offered him up all my eggs for breeding the moment he stepped out of the elevator i know that i'm getting a little ahead of myself but bro you're good so fucking funny i died that is how hot this man is oh just you wait because uh it gets better <laughs> one of the, one of the lines shows you how hot he is like later on where it says my heart was already pounding and my vagina had already smashed the break-in case of emergency glass that apparently allowed me to get wet at fractions of a second and that's like there was another one that was i hadn't taken him for the inked up type and my stupid vagina practically began penning me an enthusiastic letter about how we maybe misjudged him and shouldn't write him off as a complete irredeemable asshole just yet cool it vag so she totally thinks that this guy is a major a-hole but moves on with her day grabs her coffee she is ready to rock her pitch. She's going to go to her work. She goes to the squawker. That's where she works. Now, she has slightly mixed feelings about working at the squawker. She's come to actually enjoy working there, but that was not her original intention in life. Mm-hmm. She had originally been at an Ivy League college with an internship at a huge newspaper, and he had written an expose on rich people who had bought their children's way into the college instead of them earning it academically. And one of the major dinkwad fathers that did this basically buried her because he can afford to do so and had her expelled for that article. And she had to finish out her final year um, at a community college. Her internship was lost, and then she found her way to the squawker, where she works now. Well, I mean, getting accused of plagiarism in a college. That's how he spun it. Yes, that's how he spun it. He said, oh, it was plagiarism, even though there was no proof of that. There was no anything. Yeah. Um, So she is raring, ready to go. She marches right up to her boss and is like, everything's great. Everything's wonderful. I'm ready to go. And she sees that her boss's office is being packed up. Yeah, no, everything's not great. Everything's not wonderful. It's just her boss ready to go. So her boss informs her that she is leaving. She quit because the squawker is being acquired by a large company and a new CEO is moving in to uh, make some big decisions and shake things up and change things. And she does not want to be a part of that. So Darcy is deflated. She's like mother truck and goes back to her, her desk. So I know we are all shocked to find out that the new CEO is in fact, Mr. Coffee Dickwad himself. So he's there. He's loud. He's proud. He's in charge. And he calls everybody to a meeting to announce the new changes. Yeah. Which I did not realize quite how hostile and sassy she was going to be. She surprised herself at how hostile and sassy she was going to be. Because like even her internal monologue was like, oh my God, what did I just do? (laughs) Well, I think what happened was she was so pumped up for the day. She's so used to being meek and mild. And she was like, this is my big shot. I'm 
finally getting somewhere. And then all of a sudden everything had been crushed beneath a shoe. And then she saw whose shoe it was underneath and it was his. And she just lost it and lost every sense of common sense she could have because he was sitting there trying to run this meeting and being like, hi, my name's Dominic Lockwood and I'm going to be doing it. He's like, and what kind of qualifications do you have, bitch? And she was like, and it got so bad. He was like, you need to step outside. (laughs) My office now, like what the actual fuck? God, it was so funny. He didn't understand. And then it clicked for her because he looked a little familiar. When he said his last name, because even when she was at the coffee shop, she's like, this dude looks familiar and I can't place him. Mm -hmm. And then when he shows up into the office, she goes, he still looks familiar and I can't place him. And then he says his actual, his full name with his last name. She goes, motherfucker, really? So, and it just so happened because he is the son of the guy who destroyed her career, basically. So she's pissy. I mean, realistically. he didn't know, but she didn't know he didn't know. Exactly. So he doesn't know who this lady is from a hole in the wall. All of a sudden, she's just making problems. But he's super attracted to her, too. And he's like, I I just loved it, too, where he goes, can you not? Can you, like, (laughs) can you just dress like you're in an office? And, like, (laughs) the main reason is because she's wearing jeans. And it's just because he can't stop staring at her ass in the jeans. But he's just, like, playing it off like, you're being super unprofessional. Please dress accordingly like you're working in an office. And she's just giving him sass back. And I just, it's so fucking funny. Like, is it toxic? Probably a little bit. But I don't really care. It's kind of funny. It's great. This is the toxicity that I love reading about. It's lovely. Oh, Crystal is a sucker for a workplace romance. Oh, so much. Not in my personal I life love it. because that shit crashes no, and burns. No, but in a no. book? In a book. In a book. Loopy. And that's why Ugh. when I saw this one, I was like, this is a Crystal book to a T. It's got everything this, I want is, in it. This literally has Crystal's name written right over it. <laughs> it's as if Penelope Bloom wrote the, re- the book for me. I'm surprised you weren't in the dedication. I know. Listen, where is that dedication? It, Penelope dropped the ball. What happened? Especially didn't meet where, where, where was your dedication? <laughs> you better be in the next one. I'm not. It's to okay. Crystal with love. Right. Anywho. So, <laughs> sincerely up yours. So. Oh, so funny. So he basically was like, dude, your days are numbered. Go ahead. Mess up. And she basically was like, no, no, no. You need me. You need me. Not only am I be- the best person here, but I know your father's track record. And he got slapped real good the last time he came in swinging his dick around and firing people that didn't deserve it. I'm not going to give you any reason. I'm going to be a model employee and look what's going to happen. So the game has begun. Baby, let the games begin. Let the games let the begin. Games begin. Every time, Taylor Swift, man, every episode, <laughs> please. Got to get that and, and Ice Planet Barbarians into every single one now. Yes. Yes. Have you caught up? I'm waiting for you. I Bitch, I just came back from Japan and I've been slamming. You should have get- read them in Japan. 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 In Japan. Put it in Japan. Between all of my running around like a crazy person. You just bragged about all the books you've read this month. Yeah, I did, didn't I? 
I, I had to be in a mood for it. And I was in a mood for it. I know, I know. I, I let know. it. But so, I want to talk to you because you, the last time we talked about this, you mentioned that you heard somewhere. It was on TikTok. And I want to talk to you about it because I don't agree. And it's I funny think that because they were just I say salty. that. Okay, listen, here's the thing is I have, if I've learned anything throughout doing about this TikTok podcast, books, it's yeah. that I can't <laughs> trust people trust. on TikTok. <laughs> I can't always It's not in TikTok we trust. It's in Taylor we trust. Exactly. Duh. Taylor Swift for president. But like 2024. Yeah. Man, that woman (laughs) has a lot going on. I don't think she should run for president. (laughs) She can't. But yeah, you gotta catch up. See, and that's what happens. Um, Side side tracking off of Planet Vibarians. Let's go back to We always have time (laughs) for big blue dick energy. We do. I love Mm, a big blue dick energy. This man gives big blue. Especially since this book gave so much big dick energy and it did not give it on the page. And that made me very salty. Okay. Anyway, so the games began. So there's this creepy dude at the office, like most offices have, Steve. And Steve. Smelly Steve. And he had his office by the big editor office, which has now been taken over by Dominic. And Dominic wanted to expand his office, as Darcy called it, for his big ego so he they had to find somewhere to put his desk so obviously he was going to put it basically right on top of darcy's because the games have begun Mm -hmm. and he also is a big like basically walking ad for sexual harassment but dominic didn't know any of this because the last lady wasn't good about keeping track of all that and so while she's trying to hold her breath and figure it out and then she keeps skipping away to the break room to chat with her friend Elizabeth which oh I love her so much she is my spirit animal if you looked up hot mess express in the dictionary there would be a picture of Elizabeth in the shit just flies out of her mouth and I don't understand how she didn't get fired on the first day I truly do not. I think because she's just good at her job. I don't think that's it. I love her so much. Where's Elizabeth's book? So that being said, this book did hint at a a book between Elizabeth and Tristan. Where? Yes. This is one of the lines that Elizabeth said. She says, oh, I have this rule. If a guy can throw me three feet... I ignore three red flags. Four feet means four red flags. And so on. I think Tristan could throw me super far. So there's really no amount of red flagging to scare me off him. And Tristan really likes her hair because she has blue hair. Um, so I'm I'm wondering when their book, if they have a book, because it's not attached to this as a series. So I wonder if they just distributed it individually and I'm going to have to search for it. And When Elizabeth met Dominic at the office Mm -hmm. and she could see the tension between Darcy and Dominic, she even said to him, she goes, helpful hint. If you want to discipline Darcy, don't spank her. I tried that at a sleepover once when we were kids and she moaned and then got super weird. Pretty sure she liked it. Like, how is this girl not fired? (laughs) Seriously. She like carried a lot of this book between Darcy's inner monologue and Elizabeth. It was so good. If it wasn't for those two, this book probably would not have been even half as amusing as it was. Anywho, so Darcy went off chatting with Elizabeth in the break room. Dominic obviously was like, 
what the truck found out about smelly steve found out all about smelly steve he got mad and then went to have a little chat with steve which of course steve said that smellism and he can't remove him from the, the area he can't subject him to the corner because it's basically like not being kind to him just because he reeks mm-hmm. you know he's awful and he's just creepy and disgusting Darcy and Elizabeth and their other workplace friend go to the bar to hang out after work because they are they are having a week because their whole place just got taken over. The people are being fired because Dominic is watching them carefully. He's installed spyware on the computers. They know it, but yeah. it's kind of like when you're at school, they all have the stuff where we can see their other computers at the same time. Yeah. So he's seeing them doing all kinds of weird stuff and He's trying to find reasons to get rid of everyone so he can move his own people in, but he's having to do it legally. And so he's, you know, one person's like training their cat to flush the toilet for them. So fucking wild. What a weird weird shit. Like the weird stories in this. So this is an example, ladies and gentlemen, of how to have wild shit that doesn't make any sense in your book, but actually have it flow in a way that works mm-hmm. and not be just a hot pile of dog shit. Yep. You're welcome for that lesson in life because the more you know. So they're at the bar. They're doing their thing. They're enjoying themselves. When some sleaze bucket shows up, Darcy went out on a date with, and she had a bad date with him. It was like an online Tinder date type of thing. He ended up making her pay for everything and didn't give her any attention, just ditched her kind of thing. So this douche nozzle saunters right up to her thinking he can get free drinks now oh my god and she's like what the fuck is he doing here like i don't want anything to do with this guy but all her friends that are all out at the bar with her are doing their own thing and they're all in their own conversations they're not paying her any mind and they don't realize how uncomfortable she is while this guy's saddling up telling the bartender hey put this on her tab it's like the epitome of a leak You had right? one date with her, bruh. Mm-hmm. And it didn't and go anywhere. <laughs> like... uh-huh. But there is somebody paying attention. He just happens to be there with Marcus and Tristan, his friends that are helping with the magazine with him, which I'm just going to take a minute. And I kind of super vibed Marcus. Me too. Okay. Just Easy so breeziness. He... Yeah. Him. And he has, he had what, like six, seven sisters. Yeah, and he has a so lot it of made sisters. him such a diplomatic I loved him. Yeah, he situational. Was... He kept having to come in and clean up physically. If this was a mafia book, he'd be the fixer or the cleaner. Why <laughs> like, does it I, always I come, come back in. to a mafia book for you? I got problems. A lot of them. It's you. <sighs> Any, but this book ain't one. I am. I need a shirt that says that's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Oh, yeah. They probably have lots of those, don't they? Absolutely. So, Dominic is there and he sees this happening because obviously he's just as enthralled with Darcy as she is with him and he can't keep his eyes off her. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, Douche Nozzle is sitting there next to her trying to milk her for all she's worth. And the next second, he is on the floor. Yeah. I enjoyed this scene very much just saying marcus is all like oh it happens to everyone buddy you fell off your stool you know sometimes and he's like like, 
well, sometimes they're a little wobbly and you know god it was so funny but you know according to half the people on goodreads there's nothing funny about this book oh my god well sorry there were people who got really really super in-depth about ice planet barbarians so <laughs> it, it, it blows my mind so things got heated at the bar darcy was basically like dude what the fuck and they came to an agreement after a heated discussion that she would interview him for the magazine and if it did not bring in new subscribers and it did not do well as an article she would be fired Mm -hmm. and if it did well he would not threaten her job anymore and they agreed on this all good this is the pact moving forward bam I but love... a stipulation to that oh. no i just i love this part it was so funny yes a stipulation to that is that she can ask him for an interview at any time yeah so darcy takes this seriously and she's like bitch watch this i'm not gonna let him clam up i'm not gonna let him just foil me and her sister is a budding artist she is what 19 and she has some paintings at a gallery and they are having an art show and darcy goes to all her sister's art shows her sister eloise and she's like good dominic can come for his interview he can tag along to the art show i love the fact she takes full advantage of the fact that her stipulation was anytime i need you to yep i have full access to you when i so funny so good Well, because she knows he's going to clam up and that she's not going to be able to really get anything from him. So by doing it this way, she can kind of come at him from all kinds of different angles and hopefully get some kind of loosened variation of him and he'll slip up. Yeah. So they have their, well, first interview sort of at the art gallery. And at this art gallery, we also meet Eloise's boyfriend. Basil, which anytime, anytime a book or a movie puts a dumbass boyfriend character, always mm-hmm. makes me die of laughter because they're always some fuddy duddy artist type who thinks they're a hot shit when they're really not and they're like pretentious as fuck. Anyhow, she did feel like she was able to get a little bit of information though from him and he felt frustrated by that. Because he did go into it with the intention of giving her squat. Yep. And then, you know, they had to shut that the fuck down. So. Because he notices what she's doing and he goes, oh, shit. And then he's going to like stop. mm -hmm. But And he feels comfortable with her. And that's what gets you. You get the comfort. Mm -hmm. Ask Arielle. She's comfortable with me. And half the shit she says is great. You learn a lot. She is not thwarted by his quick shutdown she is instead ready to up her game and it's like hmm, okay i'll do you one better come to my family's sunday dinner at my parents house you want to talk about sunday dinner her family i'm just gonna put this out here i hate her dad yeah her dad is literally the one who had pushed her all this time to be- and had yeah, yeah, and he doesn't feel like her job at the 
current place she is at is respectable enough. And he mm-hmm. used to be. Because everything's writer. about image to him. Right. And he used to be a, a writer and all this other stuff. And so mm-hmm. until the publication stopped taking his work, which I mean, here's the thing. If that's the case, that might be a hint as to how your writing is going. So it but just, it's not even just her. He's put pressure on both his kids. They needed oh, to. He did, but I feel like he's more mean, I guess. Not really mean, but like. Because her footsteps are similar to his. So exactly. He's so he's that. like really yeah. pushing her. And of course, like we learn later on that she was pushed to do piano. She good. enjoyed it, but she was good. She just wasn't great. Yeah, I guess And so. she enjoyed it, but she was mad because he didn't think it was worth the time to do it because obviously she could not achieve greatness at it when she just wanted to play because she enjoyed it so they had sunday dinner basil's there the sister's there it's all a hot mess well the only reason i don't is because of this other tv show i watched where it was like a running joke her mom who's a piece of shit a man named basil and she calls him basil and they get all mad at her because it's it's basil and this book had a scene like that where elizabeth was like basil like were you gonna put it on something or something and then somebody else went it's basil and like the italic that's why since that scene that's why i've been calling him basil because it reminded me so much of that because that's what i imagined i read it just like that so he's there, he's being pretentious, um, and he's taking up a lot of the air um, because they're talking about galleries and stuff. So Darcy's not really having to worry about and a lot. Her dad is like eating this shit up with this dude. Like, yes, because-, because they live on that same pretentious plane. Mm-hmm. So Dominic's just sitting there watching this and he's like, these pricks are fucking ridiculous over here. But then he starts to see the dynamic for exactly what it is and starts to see Darcy's dad dive in on her a little bit about her job. Like, well, when are you going to get a better position? When are you going to actually find an actual prestigious job? And this, that, and the next thing. And he kind of like, is like, have you actually read anything that your daughter has written? Oh, no, I don't really. I'm too busy for things like that. Bitch. I don't have time for those kind of magazines. Can I like can I but say, it's your daughter? Right. Like, like what the fuck? Can I say though, I think a really funny part of this whole dinner party was when he, Dominic first gets to the dinner party and her mom fucking outs her instantly. She goes, Oh my god, Darcy told us you were handsome. She didn't say you were gorgeous. And he goes, <laughs> I didn't know Darcy found me handsome. And She's like, I think you think you're handsome. Does that count? Yeah. And of course, he's like, why am I here? She's like, because you made the mistake of telling me I could get you pinned down for an interview, whatever I wanted. I'm punishing you. And then he, so, and then he goes back to the Elizabeth did say something about enjoyment when she spanked you before yeah. all the depressing so, shit. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So it was good. I liked it. So he though has kind of his first big um, role with her where he's not just a giant jerk Mm -hmm. and he turns it on her dad and tells him off and is basically like 
dude, you're a piece of shit and you should be proud of your daughter. What are you doing? And they leave. He's like, let's go. And they leave and then they go get some ice cream. Before they left though, is when he learns about Yeah. Yeah. So it gets brought up at dinner. It gets brought up at dinner because they, you know, Basil is like talking about different things. Basil's going off on whatever. And then Lainey, that's her mom. She's like, I want to hear about you. How did you start working with her? And then Darcy's like, I'll take it. Dominic's father bought the ownership and this, this, this. And so then they were going into that. And then her sister brought up the fact that, oh, well, you know, she went to Columbia and this. And he goes, I didn't know you went to Columbia. And then it starts to come out. They were there at the same time. And then they're like, tell the story. And she goes, it's not that important. It's just long and boring. And so then Eloise, her sister, explains literally everything going on. And Darcy is like not having a great time with the story because this is not something she wanted to really tell him. And then that's when, like, her dad starts, like, blah, 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 blah. But the huge thing with this was, like, how shitty her dad is to her. And mm-hmm. also... Yeah, and, and, and Dominic out, standing up for her. And Dominic yeah. standing up for her. And him finding out, like, oh, fuck, my family just fucked her over. Dominic gets her out of there. They go for ice cream. And so- she tries to interview him again and fails miserably attempting to interview him. And they basically just end up fighting with each other and then i do love the teenage girls the ice cream thing is it your boyfriend or is it your dad we're the same age we're how did you yeah because they're both like 25 so it's like they're not like they thought she was like in her like late 30s almost 40 uh, that part was funny but yeah the ice cream situation was adorable and then like but since she didn't get anything basically about from that second attempt of an interview mm-hmm. she had to up her game yet again and she found out that Dominic goes jogging regularly in the morning. And Darcy is not a runner, but she <laughs> thinks that if she can catch him tired and like in a exercise induced high that he might be more equipped to open up. So mm-hmm. she starts jogging around the same path that he does every morning. So funny. It doesn't Um, go well. No, no. But also prior to that too, sorry, we just got to run it back a little bit. They're talking about becoming friends is a bad idea. And he goes, I can't be the boss who falls for their employee or makes friends with my employee. And she goes, so we can't be friends, but you can stare at my ass all the time. And I was like, girl, you call that motherfucker out. But that's kind of what they were arguing about. Because like, I mean, they're very clearly attracted to each other. Right. Well, that's right. They are kind of kind of goes without saying what they yeah yeah. well yeah and he feeds her ice cream very sexually like this man is tempting himself and he's like this is gonna be a problem and then she goes and chases him dude i can't run either no and she clearly is not used to running because he's lapped her continuously and she's so out of breath and barely making it from one bench to the other Mm -hmm. and he's just like yeah, this is not working. So the next attempt is Marcus. Marcus's sister is throwing him a party for his new job at the magazine because they find any excuse whatsoever to throw a party. So everybody at the magazine is invited to this party. And she goes, okay, that's my next one. 
we're going to this party together and I'm driving, bitch. And because the problem is, is because he drove her somewhere the last time and she to the ice cream place to the ice cream yeah. place and she couldn't leave. She had to wait for him. So this way she has control. Because after they fought, she's like, yeah, she felt out of control because she just had yes. to wait for him. Yeah. I and will... she's like, this way I can just leave you behind. When we fight. Yeah. Before we get to the party, though, she does meet up with her, her male friend, which has the most odd name. Yeah. Charleston. Yeah. But, I mean, he's got... In this whole, as they're talking. Honestly, I don't even have him listed in any of my timeline because it wasn't important enough for me. Please, please. I think it was funny because they were talking about how he's like, you need to take that dick for a ride or see how things go and don't make commitments. And she goes, he's my boss. And she's like, that sounds like it's his problem, not your problem. And she's like, I don't even know if that I, that's what I want. He's like, a dick is not a mortgage. <laughs> I have him wrap it up. And then he goes, fine, I'll fuck him. Give me his number and I'll let you know if he's worth it. And that was just, but I think my favorite line out of this whole section was, I'm not in denial. I'm in not noble. (laughs) The way he's speaking, she's like, you're sounding like Elizabeth. And well, you know, but so the party thing too, I'm going to say this was besides the knowing about her getting kicked out of Columbia part, that's kickstarted my brain. The party I remember vividly because of what happened at the party on the roof. As soon as they were up there, I was like, oh my God, that's right. And then I proceeded to laugh hysterically. So she picks him up from work and they are flirting up the wazoo and they're talking and she's goading him. Yeah. And she's kind of like, why can't we be friendly? Obviously there's Mm -hmm. an attraction here because like you said, they had fought on the ice cream date about it and it's kind of been stewing around in her brain and she's just like ready to come at him about it and he's kind of trying to put some distance from her because he knows he's weak and he's like i'm going to the roof when they get to the party and she's like i'm coming too it's her way to get him alone for not only and then when he tries to stop her she's like nope this is my interview time that's her in baby uh so they get up to that roof and she basically just starts blowing him. It was and... so well. She's tempting him ahead of time. And... Well, yes, but I'm just. For, long story short, she basically just drops his pants and starts blowing him, which is hilarious. And then she's basically like, "Now you do the same to me," kind of thing. And then he goes to start, and Marcus shows up on the roof, which is hilarious because then he locks himself up it's there with them. So fucking funny because. Because he goes, he's like, oh, shit, when you're done, like, Allie's looking for you. And he goes, wait, Darcy, is that you? And she just, like, looks over. I'll just turn around so you can finish. That's the thing. He's like, well, so, first of all, locked up here. But, I mean, (laughs) are you eating her out back there? Because we could also just call one of my sisters to rescue me. And you guys could just, like, carry on once I'm out of I'm liking the soundtrack of Mac and Cheese. Like, I was like, oh my god. When nothing actually happened, he only had her pants down. Like, it wasn't he was, like... He was in between her legs, though, but his dick is still hanging right. out of his pants. Right, but so, right. And but I meant, like, he didn't actually get to right. the Right, he hadn't gotten there yet. He was leading up to it. And Darcy's yeah. like, it's not what it looks like. He goes, 
No? Did Dominic get a sudden <laughs> rash outbreak on his dick? And he needed, needed you to, to check look his dick. at it? And then, like, but yeah. like, you both lost your balance and he fell with his ass out and face between your legs on the couch of my club. But seriously, I was, as soon as they got locked up there, I was like, oh shit, I remember this. I remember laughing so fucking hard well, when this happened. And she was pretty sassy because she's like, you owe me. You owe me an orgasm. Like, like yeah. yeah. And so they quickly parted ways and were like, Peace out, Girl Scout. There was only one other funny part is when she was asking if she needed to jump off a roof now. She's like, do I need to just change my identity and just jump off a roof? So it's going to happen now. <laughs> I fucking laughs. Die. Thing so fucking funny. So awkward. But honestly, again, what we were talking about, this book is funny. I don't know if these people just are dead inside. We are dead inside. Maybe and we're we just laughed. the target's demographic. Maybe. I don't know. We have to be because this shit was so fucking funny. Because honestly, that joke, listening to you say it, that is in pretty poor taste these days. What joke? What did Somebody I Somebody like, oh, do I need to just go jump off a roof? Oh, yeah. That's so why I was like, oh, wait, maybe that, maybe that's a problem. So he then avoids her for the next week and she's like, bullshit about it. So she texts him because she's like, rip shit. She texts him a raindrop and a check and a question mark, like rain check, ready for my orgasm now. And he ignores it. He ignores the text. So she's like, okay, I'm going to go jogging with him again. I'm ready to bring it back home, bitch. And he is like, what the fuck? He's like, are you serious? You want to run with me? And he, she's like, haven't you seen me training? To him, she's going in slow motion. And he's like, how far did you, he's like, how far did you run? She's sweating and dripping. And she's only, and she's only gone about a hundred feet. And it was, it was quite a workout. He's like, how far did you run from that bench to here? So then while they're all in their little argument and whatnot, and she's trying to brush her off, she trips and falls and twists her ankle. And he's like, good Lord, what else? And She's like, no, I'm good. I can walk. And he goes, no. Right. And he's like, well, he's like, do you live close by? And she goes, no, actually, I live really far away, but I wanted to get this interview. (laughs) And it was just so funny, too, because he's like, let me look. And she's like, do you have medical experience? Jesus. Like, like, which brought it back to the first day where it's like, and what is your expertise in this? Yeah. And then, of course, he's like, he's like, I think this should be your sign to retire from sprinting. She's like, I wasn't sprinting. I was jogging. And she's like, uh, well, I had to take a bus and I hate buses. And he goes, well, what about a cab? She's like, yeah, but I don't like cabs. And he goes, well, I'll just Mur- drive murderers. you. People will murder you. and Oh, my God. It's yeah. Have you the people murder? And he goes, fine, I'll just drive you. And she goes, I wouldn't mind riding you with you. <laughs> I'm like, girl, why are you like this? It's And then basically she convinces him to take her back to his, to his sex, sex house <laughs> we need an air quote insert air quotes here i just like the fact that we did the fucking air quotes at the yep. exact same together time. yep we did some rabbit ears together so we're here man we're here baby it's not a sex cave it's a sex palace <laughs> like, yes girl. so then he takes her back to his sex palace and then they have sex naturally in the sex palace and he decides he's going to keep her all weekend 
And it's kind of cute. Not the sex part, the keeping her part. And they sit there and watch a rom-com in bed with greasy pizza and boxed wine. And she's just showing him a window to her world. Like, this is what I really enjoy doing. This is important to me kind of thing. And he's like, what the fuck? But he's down for the ride. He's soaking it up because he explains to her, my dad's coming to the office. So he confided in her that part of his worry and part of his coveting her of the weekend is that daddy dearest is coming to the squawker on monday so on dominic's side his father is a tool bag and his father has always kind of set him up to fail because his father is afraid basically of dominic surpassing him or taking over Mm -hmm. for him and so now that he's getting older and whatnot basically in Dominic's eyes he gave him this magazine because he thought there was no way he could succeed at it 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 was just another thing that his father could rub in his nose if it were to fail Mm -hmm. so he's really concerned about his father coming to the office and having a problem with everything seeing Darcy the whole nine yards. So he's soaking up this weekend with her. And that's why they find themselves watching this rom-com in bed with pizza and boxed wine. It's so cute. And yes, they have this moment. But unfortunately, everything has to end at some point, And mm-hmm. Daddy Dearest does come to the office Monday morning. And he immediately sees the connection between Darcy and Dominic and decides to utilize it for his own benefit dominic sees that his dad clocks it and he goes shit i already know how my dad works and he is going to literally take this and destroy me because he used to bang his own employees not dominic his dad used to bang his employees and mm-hmm. stuff and his dad really just gave this to dominic to fail so he's like maybe i can use this to make him fail even harder exactly and, and he recognizes darcy for who she is yeah, he yeah, knows exactly. The, yeah, because the he, whistle bl- he calls her into the office, I believe, at one point. He knows because his dad's a piece of shit, and his dad knows every mm-hmm. person he's ever destroyed because he's a garbage mm-hmm. human. You know. Yep. Boo. So, being the big, I shouldn't say big because big because he probably is a little dick for all the dick swinging he does for all the energy he pushes off trying to make himself look like he's got big dick overcompensating. Exactly. He's like one of those guys with the big trucks that needs it to sound loud. Super lifted. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I got you. Look, 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 look what I have. So he <laughs> needed needs to take yes. over on the squawker and make all these people in the office bow down to him basically and see what a great person he is and how fantastic and successful he is. So he tells them all that weekend he is flying everybody out to California to watch him do his motivational speech that he has booked in California for that weekend and that they are all expected to attend. It is technically optional, but basically it's kind it's, of implied that like, you're not there. You're, you're gone. gone. Yeah. 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 So they all go to California. Darcy's never been to California before. I think it's kind of cool. Elizabeth's living her best life. She thinks shit's great. She's just eating everything in sight on Daddy Lockwood's dime. And she's just having 
having the best. She's just awesome. The best time of her life. She's had best time of her life. Anyways, so I don't know. I got nothing. So Dominic is kind of paranoid about the whole thing. Doesn't really want to be seen with Darcy as much. And slips her his room key and is like, meet me after the conference. We got to talk super cryptically. Great. So she does. Dominic, you idiot. Yeah. Dominic is so stressed out. You gorgeous idiot. Yeah. He's so stressed out about his father that he just word vomits and he's just trying to hold on to this magazine so tightly that he doesn't realize what he's losing in doing so. And Darcy's just trying to help. She's like, well, what about my pitch that I tried to give you? The original one that she had tried to give her first boss. And he basically like just slammed her down. It's no good. I don't know why you keep trying to give me pitches. That's not your job. Blah, blah, blah. And he just was so mean to her, slammed her down hard. And she was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And he said all kinds of not nice things. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I'm worth more than this. Like, fuck you. Peace out, Girl Scout. And decided I love to go a girl with a backbone. Instead, yeah, she decided to go get drunk at the bar instead, where Marcus was Fair. like, "I love Marcus. He's you so okay? Good. Like you everything like, good? Obviously not. Yeah, right? Like obviously Dominic did something, right? Yeah. And she just went on this giant rant about what an asshole he was, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm gonna go check on him." <laughs> he's like, "I can talk to him for you." She goes, "No." I'm going to go check on him because if if he said all those things, then that man is he's wallowing in. Yep. (laughs) And instant regret. He's He's not. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, God. Here's the thing. Up until this point of the book, I was having a fabulous time. Okay. It was funny. Things were going yeah, the pacing sometimes was kind of weird because sometimes we'd have just a couple days go by. Sometimes a week would go by. On a whole, it wasn't that bad. I, I was along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Like I was there for it. Like I was here and I was vibing. I was totally vibing the whole book. And then came this chapter where all we got was an opening line of, it felt like months since I'd been at the Squawker. Yeah. Or so- I felt like months since I'd been at California. And then the next page, it was like, I quit my job three months ago. Yeah. Obviously, then it felt like months. Dipshit. Yeah. So when all of this stuff happened, especially this last part of the book, the timing and timeline got a little wonky. It would skip ahead a lot. If I think. And the way that it was written, it kind of was a little. Yeah. So I think. It felt a little rushed. It felt like we were along for this ride for 75% of the book. And then the last 20% felt a little rushed in a a different bubble. So I think it would have been beneficial if the time jumps were written at the top of the chapters. We've read plenty of books. I like when books do that so that I at least know how long things have gone because. Yeah, because like at one point it was three months and then it was a month. It was strange. And not only was it strange. But it was also written strangely too, where that first one where it was like, it felt like months. And then the next page, it was three months. Well, so obviously it felt like months if it was months. Yeah. And wording things like that was strange. And overall, the last 25% just felt really rushed. Yeah. Whereas the first 75%, I was along for the ride and vibing because there was so much comedic relief and it was funny. 
there wasn't as much in the last 25%. So I could not vibe along for the ride as much. Mm. I'm not saying the last 25% was bad. I'm just saying there seemed to be a disconnect between that first part and the last part. And that, mm. I don't know, for some reason it was weird for me. So long story short, after she walked out of the hotel with Douche Canoe Dominic, she quit her job and took an offer from her old editor, the one that she was originally going to pitch her idea to in the first chapter, who was working at the Union Coast. Which I was think her dream. And it was her dream position. Well, it was her father's Well, dream yeah. Position. So, but that was the place Originally she wanted- what she was working for when she went to Columbia. That's what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. So she learned the hard way that the grass is not always greener. And it was a very grinding position. She was very unhappy there. She had no autonomy. She had no voice. She just had everything researched and done for her. And she basically just had to type it up. And it was just a constant schedule of grinding. And she just felt very bleak. Yeah, she wasn't allowed to have her own creativity. You couldn't really Mm -hmm. pitch anything. And so feeling stifled like that. And of course, you know, thinking this whole time that like, that was the job I wanted to get as soon as college was over. She couldn't have opinions on pieces. And like, yeah, like you said, grass is not always greener on the other side. So it sucks. Unfortunately, it's a learning lesson. But at the same time, she would have probably done anything to get out of the situation that she had been in with Dominic and stuff with and Dominic like, and his father right when yeah. she knew she was on the chopping block with him anyways so she just took the opportunity that was given took to her. herself out of the um, so she did try to live in the moment even though she was unhappy at her place of work and she tried to have regular meetups with her work friends that like Elizabeth and I the guy's pronounce- name that I did not write down Farid and mm-hmm. Polly And they continued to go out for drinks and stuff. And one of them, either Polly or Elizabeth, happened to mention Dominic's name and everything kind of grinded to a halt. And she was like, wait, wait, how's he doing kind of thing. And it had been months and she was still missing him. You know, and she made it very clear that she was still mad, though she missed him, but she was still very mad about the situation. And they were all kind of like, well, we could we could we could talk to him if you want. No, please don't. Like, this is the situation we're in. Because then she starts, like, she does, like, kind of admit she, like, misses him and stuff. And she's like, oh, my God, he is an absolute fucking tyrant. And work is He clearly misses you, too. Yeah. Awful. He's just firing people. He's obviously missing her. He's just firing people left and right. He's so snippy. And they're like, can can we do it? Because it would help us. (laughs) Right? I mean, self-preservation type of thing. Right. Though, even though Darcy told them not to, Holly does go. Holly wanted that self-preservation and did go up to him and was like, "She misses you." She She also tricked him a little bit, and that's what I mean. Great. Ugh. She she was talking about you. She's just afraid to kind of like make the first move or whatever, some kind of some bullshit like that, and was totally not true. So he was like. Really? Went and got her flowers and went right to her new workplace? He got her the <laughs> ugliest bouquet of flowers because he couldn't decide which one. So he just got like fun. one of each color. And yeah. it's like this hideous. And one of, like one of each flower and everything. It was like... so fucking funny. And yeah, he goes to her <sighs> building and she's like, 
he can't go in. So he's like, just page her, just page her. The girl's like, listen, I called for her three times. She says she does not want to see you. And then he just like looks at her, looks at the staircase. <laughs> he goes, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. And then fucking hooks his ass up. And he gets in there and he's like, he, he's like, shit. And he realizes it's not open, like open, it's like not open floor plan. There's so this. Everyone's behind like frosted glass. So he's like calling out her name. Security. Security's like coming up and she comes out and he goes, what the hell? Are you- what are you doing? He's like, I brought you these. I didn't know which one you look. And then she's like, she just. He gets dragged out by security, and in yeah, she face- she's basically like, "I told them not to let you up. I don't want to see you." And he then it dawns on him that Polly basically conned him, and well, you could let me walk out on my own with dignity. And she's like, "No, I don't think I will. I think <laughs> I'll let I think I'll let security drag you out." And of course, like afterwards, she goes, "I can't believe I fucking did that." Like. Yeah, she, she had major her, right? regret. So when she's ta- so because she was talking to, I think it was uh, her friend Charles right? That's his name. Yeah, it was. Yeah, she was talking to him, and he goes, "You." They what? were in bed watching the movie because it, was... it made her think of him. So now she had to sit there and watch Snowy and for the chance of love with so Charleston. Funny, and he's like, he's just like. <laughs> you had him dragged out by security oh he was loving it <laughs> charleston was loving it oh god but it's funny because while she's sitting there watching Char- snowy with a chance of love with charleston eating pizza dominic is by himself in bed watching snowy with a chance of love doing rom-com research on try- how to fix it and yeah. yeah marx is in his kitchen drinking his beer and he goes and he's really like, pizza what is happening what are you doing what, what, what this is the saddest thing i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> and and he's like i don't know how to fix it man i'm trying i'm trying to do my research it's like this is her favorite movie and i think it's got to be some kind of like there, there has to be some kind of clue here man like, and he's like, watching it over it's like his 20th time rewatch <laughs> which honestly this is such a Kudos. i know that this is a book and it's not real but like this kind of goes to show if he could he would if he wanted to he would watch your favorite rom-com movie 20-ish to 50 times in a row to figure out how to fix him being a super fuck up also get you the ugliest fucking bouquet of flowers on the entire planet because he doesn't know but like here you go here is your your standard of what you should look for (laughs) if a dude fucks up Make him get dragged out of your office by security, by drag. So, but like, so Marcus uh, is like, dude, look at the movie. What is it they're doing? Think about this. How can you fix this? What is your big grand gesture? And that's when he's like, oh, fuck. And he's, he's got a formulated plan. Then we're back at Darcy's parents' house. She's had her Sunday dinner and, uh, this one's a tough one because she hasn't seen them in a while because she's been avoiding them since the fallout with her dad. But she feels like she has to tell them because her dad's been texting her up the wazo because he's all excited he's about so her job cap- at the Union Coast. And he's like bragging about her to his friends. My mm-hmm. daughter is this. And I'm like, bruh. She comes bearing news. And thankfully, her sister has ditched Basel um, and has figured out that she is way too good for him, which is funny because 
<laughs> when she first introduced him and met him, we, mm-hmm. we, we forgot about this part or I did, but I just remembered how she introduced him. She, uh, she met him under a bridge. Oh my God. Yes. And, and like a and, bridge um, troll. <laughs> and, and Elizabeth was there. So of course, since Elizabeth is there, you know, she goes kind of like a troll. All I could think of was scrumpy old troll who lives under the bridge. Solve my riddle. Oh my God. If you want to come over, all you have to do is this. All you have to do is this. No. Dora the Explorer. I No, I didn't really watch Dora the Explorer, but okay. Listen, I play Grumpy Old Troll on the playground all the time. So Basil and his bridge troll is gone. So he's not at dinner. But Eloise can smell what the rock is cooking. And <laughs> she sees a trouble brewing when Darcy starts opening her mouth about her work. And she spits out, I quit my job today. And her dad loses his bananas, but luckily saved by the doorbell. So annoying. Her dad, not her dad. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. No, her dad, not the doorbell. And who is behind the door? Dominic. Not with crazy flowers, but with a manila envelope. Mm -hmm. And she just looks at him while her dad's like throwing a tantrum. And she just slams the door in his face. I mean, she did say it was a knee-jerk reaction. She is so reactionary. I love it. She, like, reacts first and thinks later and most of the time regrets her decisions in hindsight. But it's it's comical to the story. Yeah. (laughs) Then she opens the door again because she'd rather deal with him than her father at that moment. He answered the envelope and is like, listen. Oh, it's just so cute. I was just swooning. It's you like it's, it's just basically these lawyer options because like he ended up buying out his dad because his it, dad had put up the money to start the and that's why. So, but it's confusing to me why? because if he's been so under his dad's thumb this whole time, why wouldn't he have done something like this? Because he probably previously? he probably did not actually have the money and stuff to do it ahead of time because now. Ever since she left, the magazine has gotten so much better, so much bigger, so much better. And they've you been. You think all bringing... of the funds came from his money as CEO? Well, yeah, his... his everything's been because of the increase of how popular the magazine has been getting. And he, well, that would be profits for his father, not him. He would just be his CEO. It's profits for the business, I guess. So, I mean, he could have just been. I don't. I don't know. Because I do know. Well, that's what I want to. But this is one of those mo- this parts of this like last twenty five percent that I felt for me, like. Was I just I felt like because the magazine, crunchy and the details. Unless his dad was letting him do it, because now that the magazine is super super successful, like what does his dad have to like? He doesn't give a shit. He really only put True. him in that position to watch him fail. And but I mean, why couldn't anymore. he have just bought his own thing and just split from his father being with? Kind of like Marcus did, where he just was like, or, "Fuck you!" And but listen, it could also be he's trying to prove a point now like his when he mm, got into it, 
his whole goal was he's like i need to show that this is successful like that that i can yeah. do this so maybe it just kind of like as a fuck you to his dad yeah yeah basically so it just it ended up being so like they bought out his share because like he's the one who gave the money to start the business in the first place but he presents her with these options they're all written out and like the first one yeah, is him marcus and tristan bought out his father yes yeah all three of them bought out yep. the father together so option I mean? one was that she come on as an equal fourths partner option two was he He, steps back and she comes in as an equal third partner with tristan and marcus and option three he sells all his shares to tristan and marcus and the two of them leave tristan marcus to the squawker and they start their own magazine slash newspaper together and option four. And he's four, like, this is my grand ch- gesture for you. Well, hold on. Option yeah, four. Yeah, oh, there's an option four. Yes, yep, yep. Which his lawyer told him he didn't actually need to do, but he still did it anyways, was she can tell him to go fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, I'm not going to, but it's an option. Yeah. It's just, I, I love it. I think that that's such a good grand gesture, especially where her desire and drive to do that kind of stuff really showcases it. And I think... It was a good gesture for him to do. So I was actually surprised. Sorry. What? You're, you're I just... agree with you. Oh, okay. No, I was, I was just, I, I was actually surprised which option she chose. Were you? Um, or no? A little bit. I don't know. For some reason, I assumed she'd take option one and the four of them would run the place together. Um, well, okay. So I guess maybe spoiler not. Alert, she didn't choose that. <laughs> no. I think I was and I wasn't. I think maybe she just wanted something for her own. And I guess that would just make more sense. I because, guess. Well, I just, then she has. Because now they're direct competition with Marcus and Tristan. I just, I don't know. I just True, felt like. But she now has like her own creative control kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, and I felt like if Marcus and Tristan were getting their own books, it would have been nice if they were directly still involved. I don't know. It just. I don't know. It, it, I was and I wasn't surprised. It would make more sense for them to partner together. But. If, like, her whole thing is she wanted to be able to write the stories that she wanted to write, and she want so being able to go a different, get different route and not be with other people, yeah, maybe they are going to be competition and direct competition and stuff, but she gets to do this thing she likes, and it's the thing she really loves. So, like, maybe she didn't want to be associated with that business anymore because she just had all of this shit happen to her with that specific business, and maybe a fresh start was something she really, really needed. And sometimes you do, sometimes you need a new fresh start. So I get it. The smarter choice financially would have been the first option. <laughs> she wasn't thinking yeah. financial. So they chose, yeah, they chose to start their own company. It's called McLean B- Media Bites. But she also said that in choosing this, he also had to agree that she was his girlfriend. And he was like, okay, I guess we're moving on at that, (laughs) at that point. But also she's like, and my lease is up next week. So, uh, we're moving in too. He goes, what? She's like, yeah, in our, in in our house. And he goes, what? And she goes, well, my lease is up. So like, here you go. She's like, you're moving in with me. She's like, you want me to move in? He's like, oh, you didn't get much points. So they have their their company together. She even lets hit her dad write for them 
it becomes very popular, obviously, to stick it to his dad. There never ends up being any kind of resolution with the dad and her with the whole college thing. But I mean, I guess what can you really do about it? He proposes to her at their launch party or whatever. And then we get an epilogue one year later where she announces her pregnancy to him. And that's the book, ladies and gentlemen. It was so funny. I mean, I enjoyed this book. Uh, I did. I did too. Honestly, it was really funny. It was good. It was a nice, like, kind of like refresher book, realistically, you know, especially coming back from me traveling and doing all that other stuff. So it was nice to not delve into something super, super, super deep. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was a good, it was a good read. Uh, So Amazon gives it a 4.2 and Goodreads gives it a 3.98. Where are you sitting? Which is great because I gave it a solid four. I think I read you. Only because. I thought you wrote a 4.5. Well, I kept going back and forth. I like At one point I wrote 4.25, then I wrote 3.5. I kept going back and I ended up. And at one point it was like 3.75. Like I, I kept going back and changing a lot. I have it as a 4.25. I had one point. Mine was 4.25 too. <laughs> but my problem is I very much enjoyed this book. And it was very funny. And she had me for the first 75%. It's that last 25%. But the last 25% was not that great. And the spot was shitty. So solid four for me. There you go. Well, but that's, I, hey, solid four for this. Oh, yeah, for sure. So with that, too, um, I guess your smut rating is going to be low, your cucumbers. I'm going to give it a three for the three scenes that were in it, um, even though they weren't awesome. So so I gave it a five, and here is why. Okay. It was good for the kind of book that this was there was yeah i do but i'm writing on like a how spicy is this book scale like we change how we rate it every single time because we've done it before we've rated it based on the type of book it was with the smut that we have so i rated it a five for it because it was good for the book that it was i do wish that there was more and i also wish that it was more descriptive so like it was it wasn't super like i enjoyed some of the stuff that was in there and again it was because- descriptive in a way that wasn't descriptive if that doesn't even make sense but things that were descriptive it wasn't weren't. it wasn't closed door it wasn't fade to black there was still some in there but it could have been but it felt more. like out of body descriptive versus yeah, it was, like yeah exactly in, especially as a first person pov it was like, oh, the stars that were behind my eyes. So I will say, like, like I almost caught, ah, fuck, I just burnt my hand on a candle. Give me a second. Ugh. I grabbed the side of the candle and the side of the candle is really hot. I was going to comment because I think the first scene was not in his point of view. And I was like, Ariel's not going to be mad about that part. No, no. Which was great. But again, I yeah. wish it was more I descriptive. Think- Two out of the three scenes were in her point of view. So Correct. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. How about your least favorite character? Oh, my least? I know. I switched. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I would say the collective fathers. I know that's kind of cliche answer, but. It's okay. I mean, I had Darcy's dad and next to Darcy's dad, I wrote garbage. So <laughs> he just, I. 
both I think both fathers were well no both fathers were absolutely that way but the problem I had with Darcy's dad is he would have redeemed himself a little bit more if he had realized after Dominic was like have you read your daughter's shit? Right. Like, and he read her stuff and then, and he then read it realized. And then was like, okay, yeah. yeah, no, this is great. But he didn't go that route. He just stayed garbage, stayed shitty. I wish he had, if he had redeemed himself, then cool. Yeah, I would have knocked him off there and just stuck with Dominic's dad. Dominic's dad was obviously built to be the villain in this goddamn story. So, like, it, it's understandable. But no, yeah. Darcy's dad just, your daughter, like, it's clear it's so clear that this is the problem this is not the route she wants to go and he is so up his own ass basically like the older version of basil at this point like yeah. that's who he is. <laughs> it's basil fuck off it pro- he probably would correct me but it's just it's no, one he of- did he corrected elizabeth i know so it's just it's one of i mean someone called him time so i thought it was funny <laughs> oh, it was elizabeth i think that's why it was so funny um <laughs> i did find my note i said the the cucumber scenes were kind of glossy if that makes sense yeah they were like glossy. Um, that's they how they yeah yeah, yeah I got even you. though we were there they were kind of glossy in the yeah. description yeah. yeah so anyways who's your favorite character marcus elizabeth I, yeah i figured she'd be yours <laughs> Marcus was so I I I enjoyed what Elizabeth brought to the table. She was just a little too unhinged for me to be my favorite. Like the perfect amount of unhinged for me, but because I was like, dude, what the fuck? She was a lot. I liked her. She was great. But yeah, Marcus was she was hilarious. But I just I felt like I wanted. I I was I was definitely vibing Marcus. Wheel time. Wheel of fate. Where you spin the wheel and see what the fuck we're doing this week. Because I can. (laughs) Alright, so this week it is going to be Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Ooh, Uh, that means we get a movie. Yes. So basically, this one lines up perfectly because normally on Mondays, every other Monday, we do a special. So what we can do is not only do the book, but we can do the movie. <gasps> but do for the our movie. Yeah, because yeah, that came out. Yeah. Yes, Sweet deal. Yeah. So for the description, it is first son, Alex Claremont Diaz, is the closest thing to a prince this side of the Atlantic. With his intrepid sister and the Veep's genius granddaughter, they're the White House Trio, a beautiful millennial marketing strategy for his mother, President Ellen Claremont. International socialite duties do have downsides, namely when photos of a confrontation with his longtime nemesis, Prince Henry, at a royal wedding leak to the tabloids and threaten American-British relations. The plan for damage control, staging a fake friendship between the first son and the prince. As President Claremont clicks off her re-election bid, Alex finds himself hurtling into a secret relationship with Henry that could derail the campaign and upend two nations. What is worth the sacrifice? How do you do all the good you can do? And most importantly, how will history remember you? So So an M.M. romance. And I saw the um, trailer for the movie, and uh, they land in a pile of cake. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah. So, tune in 
for us next week for when we cover the book. And then on that following Monday, we will also do the movie. And yay. Woot, woot. And Ariel's just going to sit and eat her food. Because <laughs> uh, eating is love. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit.